testify that God has been better than good to you. Come on, I, I'm not don't don't I'm not talking about somebody else. I'm talking about if you can testify that God has been better than good to you. Come on, is there anybody in here who can testify he's opened many doors? Is there anybody else who can testify he's made so many ways? Is there anybody else who can say he healed my body? Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Praise God. Ooh, you've been so good. You've been Father, we thank you and bless you for this day. We pray now that as your word goes forth, it will find fertile ground in the hearts and minds of your people so that we would be more than hearers of your word, that we would be doers as well. Have your way today. Speak to us and then help us to hear what the spirit is saying so that we would be more than just hearers of your word. We would be doers as well. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So in the midst of this series, we have been looking at the putting of prayer principles into practice in your daily life. But in our text today, the writer of Holy Scripture challenges us not just in terms of 
how we pray, but also how we praise. So I have some questions to ask you. Uh, Do you praise when you pray? Do, Do you praise God as much as you pray to God? You see, as lacking as many of our prayer lives are, I submit to you when you add up the time that we spend in prayer and compare our time in prayer with our time in praise, that our time in praise falls far behind our time in prayer. If we look at the average prayer that you prayed, and divided that prayer into petition and praise. What percentage of your prayer life is petition, asking God for something, and what percentage of your prayer life is praise, thanking God for something? Now, you may say, why is that issue of prayer and praise so important? I believe it's important for you and I to get a handle on it because while we face obstacles in life and fear is embedded within us and causes us to panic, faith causes us and moves us on a path from panic to praise. And for somebody today, maybe the reason your prayers haven't been answered is not because you haven't been praying right. Maybe it's because you haven't been praising at all. For a few moments today, I want to talk to you from the thought, how to praise your way to a win. We've been talking the last several weeks from the subject, how to pray your way to a win. But in 2 Chronicles 20, beginning at verse 18, Jehoshaphat shows us the power of praise in having your prayer answered. That for somebody today, what is going to take to unlock the door of your blessings, to release God's power in your life, is not another prayer, but learning how to praise in the prayer you've already prayed. If you have your outlines, would you say amen? Amen. If you need an outline, raise your hand and the ushers will get one to you. There's three things in your outline today. We're going to get to the first two and we'll save the next one for next week. Here's the first thing. Number one, you must learn to worship and praise the Lord in response to hearing from him. You must learn to worship and praise the Lord in response to hearing from him. Second Chronicles chapter 20, beginning at verse 18, then Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping the Lord and the Levites of the Kohathites And the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. Now, 
Before we get to verse 18, it's important for you to remember what they heard in verse 17. In verse 17, you will recall Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, gives them a word from the Lord. And he concludes that word in verse 17 by saying this, you will not need to fight in this battle. Stand firm and hold your position and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them and the Lord will be with you. You will recall it was the same Jehaziel who said to them, remember, the battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord's. And they hear what God has said. Now, they have a choice. They have to choose how they will respond to what the Lord has said. Will they doubt? Will they question? Will they go back? again and again to ask God over and over again, or will they believe what God has said? Listen to me carefully. One of the big problems we have in life is not that God doesn't speak, is that we don't want to hear and obey when God doesn't say what we want him to say. I was talking to somebody just recently about a situation that they're in, and they kept on asking me what they should do, and I kept telling them what they should do. And they kept on asking me the same question over and over again because they didn't like the answer I was giving them. And my brothers and sisters, many times we do the same thing with God. We pray and we ask God for direction. Here comes God with an answer, and we say, okay, Lord, you sure? Let me ask again, maybe I need to phrase it a different way. Maybe I need to use a different terminology so God can hear what I'm saying. It's like we do with many people in our lives, right? We ask people for their advice, and we keep on asking for people's advice until we find somebody who agrees with what we want to do. As long as we find people who disagree, we're like, well, that must not be God. Let me find somebody else. They heard what the Lord said, and they responded to what the Lord said by faith. Now, remember, Jehoshaphat, up in verse 1 and verse 2, was afraid. He was moving by fear. And the Bible says when he gets down here to verse 18, he moves from fear after hearing from God, and he starts moving in faith. And the Bible says they started worshiping and they started praising. That word worship means to lie prostrate before another, recognizing their superiority, recognizing that you are the inferior, giving them honor and homage for the position that they have. The word praise is the Hebrew word halal. It's where we get the root of our word for hallelujah, right? It is to boast, to, to shine, to, to, to really just be vocal about the greatness and the glory of the one you are talking about. They are literally bowing before the Lord, acknowledging his superiority in their lives, and they are boasting in who God is. Now, watch this. They can't boast in themselves because in their flesh, they are not the superior. They are the inferior. They are outnumbered. They recognize they can't do it in their flesh, but they can boast in the Lord. And the Bible says they did it 
not with a quiet voice. Look at what the text says. They did it with a loud voice. Somebody may say, well, is that descriptive or prescriptive? In other words, is that just describing how they did it or is that instructive for how we should do it? And I would submit to you, it's both and. Because watch this. You don't really know somebody serious until they cry with a loud voice. Oh, come on, think about your own life. Right, when somebody's in the other room and they say, hey, hey, can you get me? Hey, did you hear me calling? No, I didn't hear you calling you. But when it's serious, there's no question. Hey, I need help. And when they call with a loud voice, you come running. What's wrong? Because the tone suggested a seriousness and sincerity. They called out to God with a loud voice. It wasn't about their personality. It wasn't about them being stoic or introverted. They cried out to God with a loud voice as an act of faith based on what God said to them. And watch what the text says. Look at verse 20. The B part. Hear me, Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord, your God, and you will be established. Believe his prophets and you will succeed. That word for believe in the Hebrew, amen. It's where we get our English word, amen from. Amen, so let it be. Amen, I believe it's true. Amen, I believe that what has been said is a foundation that I can build upon. Jehoshaphat says to the people of Judah, he says, believe in what God has said. Believe in what God has said. Because he is faithful. He is trustworthy. And you can stand upon what he has said. Now listen to me carefully. The Bible says that this council that was supposed to be a council of war became a council of worship. He calls them together, and look at verse 21. He calls them together, and he doesn't start handing out weapons. He doesn't give out assignments in terms of who's going to carry shields and who's going to carry swords and who's going to be the archers and and those kind of things. He starts talking about who's going to be the singers. Listen to me carefully. The choir became the ones assigned to lead Israel in the battle, to lead Jerusalem in the battle. That's who was assigned to be out front. Not the people with weapons, but the people who specialized in worship. And watch what he says. As they went before the army, he says, here's what you need to say. Give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love endures forever. The word, therefore, give thanks, yada, to acknowledge, to praise, to give thanks to, uh, especially to revere or to worship, specifically when it comes to God. He says, you are to give thanks. And, and, And here's the question, why should we give thanks? He says, because his steadfast love endures forever. Let me put a cord in the meter and park here so I can help somebody. What can keep you focused on God, even in the midst of your trials and tribulations, is your understanding that the love of God endures forever. 
the love of God didn't leave you when troubles came. See, many times we think it is the requirement of the love of God to keep us from trouble. Sometimes his love will keep you from trouble, but more times than not, his love will keep you in trouble and keep you through trouble. Listen, they were thankful for the word of God that came to them. That word for love is the Hebrew word hesed. It speaks to the unfailing, uncompromising, covenantal love of God. It's a love that cannot waver. It's a love that cannot be moved. It's a love that cannot be shaken. Paul had that in mind when he said, what can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus? He says, you got to know and recognize that love is present. Love is keeping you. And when God speaks, you can rejoice even while you're waiting for him to do what he said he would do. Can I tell you what many of us miss? We think worship and praise is reserved for after we come out. And the writer basically says, worship and praise is a necessary ingredient while you're going through. As a matter of fact, worship and praise can help you get through. See, you want to wait until the other side of going through and then say, yeah, I'm going to give God some praise right now. God says, no, you got to learn how to praise me by faith. Because it is your faith that is going to activate the power of God in your life. Do you have enough trust and faith and belief in God to give him praise based on what he says, even when you're waiting for what he's going to do? So how do you respond when the word of God is spoken to you? How do you respond when word when God gives you that word of assurance? How do you respond when the spirit of God confirms in you, even though you're going through it, that it's going to be all right? How do you respond when God says, I got you. I got your front. I got your back. I got you underneath. I got you on top. I got you covered. How do you respond when God gives you that assurance? See, you don't have to wait for the victory to worship and praise God. You need to know you are to worship and praise God. And your worship and praise of God is linked to who God is, not what God does. They thank God where they were. Victory hadn't even been given yet. But they recognize, you know what? He is still worthy of our worship and praise if he does nothing else. That's what the three Hebrew boys learned. Three Hebrew boys, listen, they are facing a fiery furnace. Man, King Nebuchadnezzar has told them, if you don't bow down and serve me, you are going to be thrown in this furnace. You are going to be killed. And they stand before the king and they say, King, we don't have to be careful how we're going to answer you. You don't need to strike up the band anymore. We will not bow down. Watch this. We know our God is able to deliver us. But even if he chooses not to, we good with that. Because we know he's able. Somebody in here, God wants you to have a you know he's able moment. And when you recognize he's able, even if he doesn't do it, you can rejoice in the fact that he's able. 
sickness in my body. He's able to heal. Whether he heals me or not, that's his prerogative, but he's still worthy of the praise, glory, and honor. Have I got a witness in here anywhere? And, and, and do you remember what happened to those three when they got thrown in the furnace? Love met them in the furnace. Nebuchadnezzar looked in and he said, didn't we throw three in? It looks like there's four in there and the fourth one looks like the son of God. And when they came out, the Bible says they didn't even smell like smoke. There wasn't a hair on their head singed, and the only thing that came off of them was what other people put on them. When you focus on God, listen to me carefully. Focusing on God will strengthen your faith. And when you focus on God, it will facilitate your obedience. That, that's what faith is really about, focusing on God. When you're tempted to focus on the battle, when you're focus, uh, tempted to focus on the tribulation or the trial, God says, no, stop focusing on that stuff and focus on me. Focus on me. Look at Psalm 95, beginning at verse 6. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. First Chronicles 23, verse 30. And they were to stand every morning, thanking and praising the Lord and likewise at evening. Let's read Psalm 150 together. Praise the Lord. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We need to read this grammatically correct. If, if you look at Psalm 150, this is not a recitation. This is a proclamation. And you see throughout the presence of what punctuation mark? Exclamation point. What does an exclamation point mean? Excitement. You, you got to read it with some energy. You know, praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Come on, let's read it with some holy enthusiasm. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him. Praise him with lute and harp. With tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with sounding cymbals. Praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Come on, somebody give God some praise in this place. You must learn to worship and praise the Lord in response to hearing from him. Here's the second and final thing we'll look at today. Number two, you need to realize what God can do when you give worship and praise to the Lord. You need to realize, recognize what God can do. Somebody asked the question, what can God do? What, what can God do with my worship and praise? Watch this. Look at verse 22, 2 Chronicles 20. And when they began to sing, Underline that phrase, when they began to sing. When they began to sing in praise, not, not after, not before, when they began to sing in praise, the Lord 
set an ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah so that they were routed. When they began to sing and praise. Listen, they didn't check how many military personnel they had because they already knew they were outnumbered. They didn't take inventory of their weaponry. They went in understanding that praise and worship were going to be the weapons of their warfare. And the Bible says when they began to sing, that word sing, to heal her, they began to shout and cry out with a loud voice. When they began to sing and praise, then God moved. Wait a minute. Maybe God is waiting for your sing and praise in order to move on what you've been praying about. See, for somebody in here, here's what you miss. Worship and praise is the catalyst to unleash a previously inert prayer. A prayer that has been powerless becomes powerful when you infuse that prayer with worship and praise. Look at A. Your worship and praise of the Lord can release God to move on your behalf. Your worship and praise of God can release God to move on your behalf. When they began the work of praise, God began the work of deliverance. When they began the work of worship, God began the work of their deliverance. God wanted to see their faith in action. Because watch this, Lord have mercy. It doesn't take a lot of faith to pray when you're in difficulty. Because even the biggest sinner will pray in difficulty. But it takes faith to praise in difficulty on your way to deliverance. Let me say it again. Somebody missed it. Doesn't take faith to pray. Every and anybody will pray when difficult times come. Even the atheist will pray if it gets hard enough. But can you praise in the midst of your difficulty on your way to deliverance? Can you praise God now even if deliverance is not on the way on your tomorrow? Can you simply honor him for who he is right now, regardless of what he does? Let me ask you a question. If praise is the weapon of your warfare, how many enemies could you defeat through the praise you give to God right now? If praise was the criteria to determine whether or not your prayer would be answered, if prayer was the criteria to determine whether or not God would move in your life, how much could God move based on the praise you give him right now? If you can't say amen, you ought to say ouch. Look at Deuteronomy 32, <laughs> verse 43. Praise, O heavens, his people, 
Worship him, all you gods, for he will avenge the blood of his children and take vengeance on his adversaries. He will repay those who hate him and cleanse the land for his people. Let's read Psalm 68, verse 35 together. God, you are awesome in your temple. The God of Israel is the one who gives strength and power to his people. Praise God. But not only will your worship and praise of the Lord release God to move on your behalf. Look at B. Your worship and praise of the Lord can confuse your enemies. The text says, when they began to sing in praise, God moved. Look at what the text says, verse 23. The men of Ammon and Moab rose against the inhabitants of Mount Seir. Those who were part of Mount Seir are the descendants of the Edomites. So now watch what happens. The Ammonites and the Moabites look at each other and look at the Edomites and say, we got to get rid of them. Now remember, the three of them got together to get rid of Judah. But when the people of God began to sing and praise, the enemies were so confused, those who were, were their allies now became their adversaries. And the Bible says the, Edom, the Ammonites and the Moabites turned against the Edomites, destroyed the Edomites. Then the Moabites and the uh, Ammonites looked at each other and started fighting each other. All of this going on while the people of God were singing and praising God. In other words, out of the praise of God's people, God made their enemies the instruments of their own destruction. The plan that they put together to destroy Judah now became self-inflicted, and they destroyed one another. Let, let me stop here for a second because I, I, I don't want you to miss this. Now, remember what they prayed. They said, Lord, we need you to deliver us. Send our enemies away. Keep us because we are outnumbered. Now the Bible says, God, out of their singing and praising, out of their worship and praise, listen carefully, God outdid their prayer requests. Their faith was so powerful that God did beyond what they could ask, think, or imagine. Let me stop here for a moment. Is there anybody in here who can testify when you have faith in God? God can do exceedingly and abundantly above all you can ask for. Okay, y'all quiet. Let me see if I got a few folk over here. Can anybody over here testify that when you pray to the Lord, God can do more than you ask for? But, but, but notice what moved God. What moved God was the faith that was exercised when they praised and worshiped God in the midst of their trials. You remember Gideon in the book of Judges? He, he sat there and, and started with thousands of troops. And when he started, he was outnumbered like five to one, six to one. 
And God told him, he said, Gideon, you have too many people. And Gideon's like, man, Lord, I'm already outnumbered. And, and, and the Lord said to Gideon, said, yeah, but here's the problem. If you go into battle right now and you're victorious, you'll take the credit for the victory I'm going to give you. You start talking about, yeah, you see, I t- man, I took out five of them. I took out eight of them. And, and God said, no, I've got to make the odds so overwhelming that when you come out of this, there won't be any question who should get the credit. You're going to have to give God the credit. Let me put a cord in the meter and stop there for somebody. One of the reasons God has had to let some folk walk out of your life that you thought you couldn't make it without is so God could let you know you can make it without them, but you can't make it without him. I would preach, Cofield. I know I'm right. Hey! God says, I need to help you recognize who you need in your life. It's not a man. It's not a woman. What you need is me. But but watch how Gideon saw the power of God. Look at verse 20. Then the three companies, 100 each, he goes from thousands down to 300. The three companies of 100 each, they blew the trumpets and broke the jars. They held in their left hands the torches and in their right hands the trumpets to blow. And they cried out a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. Sword of the Lord and for Gideon. This is an ultimate, consummate look of worship. Some of y'all missed it. It's right there. They blew their trumpets and broke the jars, held in their left hands the torches, and in their right hands the trumpets to blow, and they cried out, a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. Write this down somewhere close by. They made some noise, they let their light shine, and they called on his name. It's right there. They made some noise, they let their light shine, And they called on his name. And the Bible says when they did that, the enemy that had them outnumbered began to get confused and fight one another. Some of you may be asking, how can my praise confuse my enemies? Well, when your enemies get on you, they think they're going to tear you down. They don't anticipate God lifting you up. And when you start praising God in the midst of your trial and tribulation, They thought they had you. They come into work the next day after doing their devilish deeds the night before, thinking you're going to come in crying and you come in praising. They thought they were going to pull you down and God lifted you up. Hey! Your enemies thought they had you. (laughs) They built a stumbling block and God turned it into a stepping stone. They thought they were going to pull you down and they just lifted you up. 
what they thought and meant for evil, God used it for your good. Glory to God. Because when I give him the praise, when I give him the glory, I release the power of God in my life. There's certain agents on a periodic table that when combined with other elements become a catalyst to releasing those elements what would not previously be released if they weren't added together. I don't care how many hydrogen molecules you put together until you get some oxygen in there. You, you'll never get water. You got to put some stuff together. To see the power manifested, the, the best of each manifested. And when you add praise to your prayers, when you add praise to your petition, when you add worship to your words of prayer, you unleash the opportunity to see the power of God manifested in your life. Father, we thank you and we bless you for today. God, I pray that somebody would leave here today in the midst of all of their petitions and all of their supplications and asking you for stuff over and over again. Help them to realize, God, that the faith that will move you is a faith that will worship and praise you. Not after stuff happens, but before stuff happens. Just like you began to move when they sang and praised you. Help us to, by faith, begin to praise you where we are. So that we can trust you to get us where you need to be. We thank you. We give you glory and honor right now. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Let all of God's people say amen.